As always, it's so good to be with you. And how are you doing this morning? Eat a lot of turkey? <laughs> you know, I tell you, I thought about it. You all gave 2,000 pounds of turkey to families last week. And I, just, I think that's awesome. 84 families received turkeys. And uh, that's a great thing. That's, that's really something when you think about the smiles that you put on the faces of people by giving them something that they can place on their table and enjoy each other's presence. Hats off to you. Well, we now enter into the season of Advent. Advent, what is that? Well, Advent literally means coming. We're not real familiar with Advent, except this time of the year we think of it. But uh, in the modern day terms, it's called coming. And did you know there are actually two Advents that we celebrate over the course of the church year? Well, yes. The second Advent, or the second coming of Jesus, we celebrated last weekend, didn't we? At, with the closing of the church year. Remember, you and I don't follow a, a calendar year, we don't follow a physical year, but we follow a church year. We follow through the life cycle of Jesus, and that's how we gauge time. And then ultimately, we, we enter into eternity, and time is no more. It's just all God, which is a wonderful thought, isn't it? Um, but uh, we celebrated Jesus, King of the universe, and, and because what he will do, he will return that second time. He's not done that yet. We're still here. And we will go to be with him, as he said to his apostles when he, when he told them what was about to happen to him. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and so that where, you, where I am, you may also be. And so what Jesus does at that second return is he comes back as king of kings, as the Lord of lords, king of the universe, as we, as we considered that last weekend. And he takes us to be with him to that heavenly city, where we will live with him, God, the Father, the Son, all three together forever. And then we switch to the second advent of the first advent, and that's today. We, we be kicking off a new church here, aren't we? And uh, as the beginning of the church here, naturally, the advent, the coming of Christ would, would be the first significant event, you know, the preparation for the coming of the infant Jesus who would be laid in a manger. Um, these two events, they're very similar in, in many ways. If you study them, you'll see that that's true because they're cosmic events. These are, these are events that have cosmic implications to them. Uh, it's that, it's that it affects everything. You know, Jesus doesn't only affect you. He affects everything. Even the universe, yes, uh, and all of creation, it has an effect and an impact upon us. And Jesus is, uh, he, that's why these two events are considered to be such cosmic in nature. Um, but two thing, one thing that's very different between the first and second is that the first is here. The first is here. We're, now, we'll celebrate because we need hope. We need lots of hope, don't we, in this world? You can't live without hope, that's for sure. But the reality is Jesus is here. I mean, he's been, he, he came. 
And uh, we see that chronology of time being expressed in the readings today. In the first reading, what does the prophet Isaiah do? He prophesies this time when the Messiah is going to appear on the scene. And he's going to bring great joy with him. Well, that took place about 700 years before Jesus appeared on the scene. Uh, see, God, <laughs> I love God, you know, he had all this in his mind ever since the beginning of time. He had all this in his mind, uh, what he was going to do. And isn't that wonderful? Uh, I love God. He's so wonderful. I know you love God, too. And, um, but 700 years, sometimes, you know, I think about that. We get so uptight. We want things to happen like right now, you know. Remember, it took 700 years before this happened. Did God forget? No. No, he doesn't do that when he gets old. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't forget, but it's in his timing. It's according to his will that things happen and things take place. So maybe you're sitting here today and you think, well, this should happen. You know, this, I'm, I'm in a hurry for this. Well, you might have to wait a while, you know. But the thing is, the exciting thing is you can trust God. That's the thing I've learned about God. You can trust him. He may not answer me the way I want right now, but I can trust him. And that's what he's doing here, and he, and he does that over and over again. Uh, and then we also, if we fast forward 700 years or so, we see Paul talking about Jesus, but he refers to Jesus in the sense that he's been here. It's only been a short while, though. You know, Paul was alive when Jesus was born, and Paul's still alive, um, so... But he says, you know, it's happened. It's real. It's a reality. And Paul, being the practical person he is, what does he do? He says, what do you need to do about that? You know, what do you do about that? Well, you need to wake yourself up, he says, and start enjoying it. I love the Christian faith. I love it. And uh, that's what we're called to do is to enjoy it, to, to truly absorb it and and enjoy it in a great and a great and mighty way. Um, so, in one sense, you might say that the first coming of Jesus, we don't need a lot of hope for that, in the sense that we're waiting on it. You know, it's we we don't say today, "Well, I wish Jesus was here. I hope Jesus is going to come." He's here. He's a reality. He's living reality, and our faith and everything, history, all affirms and. Uh, confirms that over and over uh, you know it really makes no sense to say today I sure hope Jesus is real because he's real he he's already been here but what we do instead is we affirm the great proclamation of the angels on the night of his birth what do they say they say to the shepherds I bring you good news of what great joy great joy not Negative, I'm not, I bring you negative, no, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for everybody, for all the people, he says, that's everybody. And today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. That's reality. So we need to live in the light of that. There's, uh, there's ramifications to that. You, you know, I, I like to go back being practical as I am, I like to go back to what Paul says. What's the implications 
of living on the, on the other side of the birth of Jesus. Well, he says that we need to wake up. Well, what's he talking about there? What do you mean, wake up? Uh, you know, well, he's talking about your soul. You are a person. And as a person, there's two parts to you. There's a body and a soul. And God gives you that soul. That soul is alive. But due to sin, original sin, the soul has been wounded. It's been wounded. And as a result of that, the soul sometimes has a tendency to fall asleep. It's sort of like eating turkey. You know, L-tryptophan. You ever heard of that? All right, you eat a bunch of turkey and you head off to the easy chair, don't you? Because it's going to put you to sleep. Well, in a sense, that's what original sin does. It puts the soul in a state of slumber. Uh, Paul talks about it. Jesus talks about it. Saints talk about it. The church talks about it. But what are we to do? Well, he says, awake. Awake from your slumber. That's what you're supposed to do. Because Christ is here. Christ is real. And it's time now. It is the hour. See, Paul said it's the hour because Jesus said, come. He said, it's time. It's time for you to wake up from your sleep. You know, you're not a slumbering. One of the scriptures, he's caught God, you know, the soul. You're not a slumbering giant anymore. You're just sort of sitting there drowsy from eating turkey. No, you are, you are to be called to be awake. So as we begin contemplating the reality of the first advent of the Lord in a manger in Bethlehem into a world that at that time is, was filled with turmoil. Did you know this? The world is always filled with turmoil. You know that? It always is, always has, always will. That's human nature. Human nature has a way of doing that. But it'll always be that way. But does that mean we have to be that way? That's the question. I mean, that's the, that's the real question. See, we live in a lot of turmoil today, don't we? Our world's upside down. If we're not careful, here's what happens. We get discouraged. We get depressed. We get anxious. You know, we get all these things. You know, what's the, what's the, what's the purpose? Why does, why does it matter? What matters? So you have to think about that. So what does it mean to live in the sense that your soul has been awakened, as Paul says today. Well, as I thought about that, two th there, there was a song that came to my mind. Uh, it didn't take long for me to think about it, too. It's, this song is called Still Knocked, Heilig Knocked. I probably didn't say it right. But uh, <coughs> you know, that's, that's, that's southeastern Kentucky German. Uh, <laughs> that's what that is. But... What is the song? I know Laura, she knows it. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Holy night. That's right. What does that mean? It's quiet. It's peaceful, isn't it? I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I'm going to tell you. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> you know what I like to do on Christmas, Christmas Eve, after Mass? I like to drive around town drive through the neighborhood, look at the lights on the houses and things, and just enjoy that there's nobody out there. <laughs> it's quiet. It's at peace. 
You know, you don't have any road rage going on. You don't have to be screaming at somebody. No, it's quiet. And I love to do that. I always do that every Christmas. It reminds me of Jesus laying there in a manger. All is calm. Isn't that what it says? All is calm. What, isn't that the first line of the song? Silent night, holy night. All is calm and all is bright. You know, that's what we need today. We need to live in a world, in a life that is calm, in a world that is bright. Well, what does that mean? First thing it means when we think is all is calm. What does that mean? It means that we can be at peace. So many people today, you know, I can remember a few years ago where we got rid of the term and they lived, for hap they lived happily ever after. That's fairy tale. You know, and now today it's, well, we can't even say, say that uh, even for a day or something. Um, can't be happy. Is that real? Is that true? I, really, I didn't know that. I thought that's what Jesus came for. I, think that's, I thought that's why Jesus came. I thought that's why he was lying there in a manger like he was. Do you believe? The question is this. Do you believe that you can have happiness in this world today? That's the question. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Or do you have to go around dragging yourself, you know? Does happiness exist? Well, let me put it another way. I think as we, if we study the scriptures and we believe the testimony of Christ and what Jesus taught us, and I sure hope we do, he might say it this way. Does happiness exist? He'd say, well, is water wet? Is the sun hot? The fish swim in the ocean? The bears live in the woods? Is the Pope Catholic? You know, what's the answer to those? Well, absolutely. He, all of that, yeah, absolutely. That's what Jesus would say. It's unequivocal. It's beyond a shadow of a doubt, see? I came to give you peace. Now, I like to go through McDonald's. You know that. And I was going through the other day. It's sort of my little church, I call it, because they're always asking for blessings and prayers and rosaries, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Um, you get to know people. But one guy, the guy, he said, why are you happy all the time? He said, why are you happy all the time? And it's all the time. It's a lot of time, let's put it that way. Um, well, it's not the Cokes I drink. It's God. That's why I'm happy all the time. It's God. I don't look at circumstances. They're, gonna, they're like a roller coaster. It's God. That's what makes you happy, and he just sort of scratched his head. All right, but that's okay. See, uh, we don't have to hope because of who's in that manger. We don't have to hope for calm. We don't have to hope for peace. We don't have to hope for rest. It's a reality because Jesus is a reality. Folks, wake up. Wake up from your slumber. Claim who it is that you love and you serve. The second thing he says is all is bright. Now what's, what's so important about that? Rest is important, peace, but brightness. 
Well, we've been talking about it throughout the whole Mass. Light. Light. We start talking, oh, there's a candle back there. There's, there's, what is that? That's light, isn't it? Yeah, light. Uh, all is bright. See, what Jesus does is he makes things clear. You ever tried to walk around at night in the dark? Don't do it. It's a bad thing. Particularly if you have a big dog because you're going to trip over him. You know, he, uh, my dog, it's always like, where is he? Where is he? Because I, I don't want to trip over him. He's a big dog. Um, but the light dispels darkness. And we have darkness in our lives. All of us do. Nobody's exempt. I bet if I spent 10 minutes with each one of you, you could tell me some things <clears throat> that are going on in your life. Dark places in your life. Guarantee it. I know that. Why? That's human nature. That's uh, happened. But that's what John the Apostle, he affirms this. He says, Jesus is so bright. In chapter 1 of John, he says he's so bright that through him, we can see with great clarity. We can see with absolute beauty. We can see with sheer wonder. And as we heard in the readings today, splendor. What David say, Lord, I just want to gaze upon your beauty. Oh, I can see you now, the light. I can see the light dispels the darkness. I can see you clearly, vividly. You know, we like those televisions today that make things more real than real. That's what God does. When you look at him, it's like God's more real than real. You know, that's the beauty of God. See, that's, that's the love of God. We walk in that light. It's what we follow. Isn't that what we heard in the reading? Follow that light. Follow that path of Christ. That's exactly what we do. And we find peace and we find rest. And what a wonderful, wonderful thing that is. Peace and rest. Well, I'll close quickly with a, with a little uh, an illustration that I learned from the saints. Um, it has to do with palm trees. Now, we don't have a lot of palm trees in Louisville, do we? Why not? Well, they won't grow, will they? Where do you go to find palm trees? Go south, right? You know, go way south, you'll find palm trees. Well, the, uh, the saints recognized that. And this is what they said. They said, if you, put a, if you take a palm tree and you plant it in Louisville, Kentucky, the dates that it produces, if it'll produce any, are going to be pretty puny. You know, it's not in the right environment. But if you take that same tree, you take it down to Florida, put it in the ground, it's going to produce fruit. It's going to produce wonderful, wonderful fruit. Why? Because it's in the right environment. It is in an, in an environment that is conducive to the nature of the tree. That's what you and I need to do during Advent. We need to place ourselves in an environment that is conducive to who we are, child of God. That's what we're called to do. Exactly. What are some ways that we can place ourselves in a conducive environment in order that the peace and the light of Christ will shine brightly in our lives and through everyone else. Stay focused on Jesus. 
be where Jesus is. That's always the easy one. Where is Jesus? Hey, he'll be right here at every Mass during, during Advent. Guarantee it. He'll be right here. He'll be uh, with those, those kids and adults when they get, their, when they get those uh, gifts from the giving tree that you've so graciously given. He'll be there. He'll be on the peripheries. You know, he's helping people. That's where you'll find him. Uh, you'll find him in reconciliation, reconciling people, forgiving their sins, offering them grace and forgiveness. You know, you'll find him in quiet. There's a good one. There's that peace again, isn't it? Spend time in quiet. We've got some excellent resources out there for Advent. Take some of those and learn about Jesus and his ways. All of those kinds of things. Come to a Christmas concert. That's a great environment that's conducive. You know, there's so much we can do. And you know what? When we place ourselves in that kind of environment, we grow. We flourish. We produce fruit. That's the plan. That's God's plan for you because he loves you. God bless all of you.